0: Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hey, welcome to Anchor Church. Why don't you greet somebody before you sit down real quick? Just handshake, high five, chest bump, whatever's good. Give them a hug. Love on somebody. It's Christmas in a few hours. You guys excited? Yeah. All right. Well, I just want to welcome you to Anchor Church.
1: I'm Pastor Carl. I'm the lead pastor around here. Blessed to be here tonight. And I'm uh, I'm Tom. I'm one of, the, one of the executive pastors here at Anchor Church. I'm also... Well, well thank, thank you very much. I'm also the uh, campus pastor of our Ahui Manu Extension Campus. Just a little bit up the road. Ahui Manu represent... Right on, cool, cool, awesome.
0: So good, hey, we just wanna welcome you guys tonight. Look, um, As I'm standing here with Tom, it's kind of funny. Tom and I have known each other for like over 30 years, I was thinking about it the other day. Since back in the day when I was like in braces and the same size as him. Can we show a picture? <laughs> Woo, yeah. That's old school right there, look at that. Well oh, that was braces off, so that was like a good year for me. That was back in the day, but Tom and I have grown up together really, um, Man, we uh, we came to this church. We met each other. We grew up together. I lived in Kailua. He lived in Kaneohe, We uh, grew up surfing and skateboarding. And I went to Kalaheo. Go Mustangs! All oh, right, on, right on. And
1: I went to Midpack, Go Owls! Woo!
0: Woo! Woo! There you go. <laughs> awesome Mustangs will take the Owls any day, but. Um, just want to let you guys know a little bit about us. Is like, honestly, it's amazing. Because we're just two kids that grew up surfing together. Um, we're always trying to sneak out of the marine base because that's where the waves were. Tom, because of his stature, was always the guy that rode in the trunk when we got out to the marine base to go surfing. But um, a lot of good memories of us growing up together. I went off to the mainland for about 10 years, uh, serving in ministry, went to a Bible college. Tom went to UH, the... 10-year plan, ten right? 10-year plan. The 10-year plan? To get my BA. <laughs> oh, He got it <sighs> yeah, good. I got it good. Ten years. good. But he um, he actually, uh, him and a couple buddies formed a punk rock group in the 90s called Grapefruit. Anybody ever heard of Grapefruit? Tom was the drummer. They actually opened for Green Day when Green Day came to Hawaii. So like, little claim to fame right there. He's hardcore, but anyways. In all of our years together, I gotta say, it's incredible that God would bring us to where we're at. Now we're pastoring a church together. That's a little scary. Welcome to Anchor Church. (laughs) That's who we are. But I just wanna let you guys know we're humbled and honored to serve you and to be in this church and the, the grace of God that would take two of us. Anything's possible. Think about that. If God can use us to be pastors, think what He can do in your life. Isn't that good? Right there, But anyways, just want to welcome you guys tonight and uh, Merry Christmas. We're going to, get, going to get on with it right now. I want to talk to you guys about something really important and powerful tonight. There's one song that we're going to focus on tonight. It's that song called Oh Holy Night. Anybody familiar with that one? You've heard about it, right? It's a powerful song, really good song. But let me give you guys a little bit of the background about this song. We're going to talk about it in our little message here tonight. Mid-1800s in France, there was a Catholic priest who decides to take it upon himself to say, you know what, we need a really good song, a hymn, a carol that talks about Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, because that's everything. And he wanted, we got to write a good song. I can't do it. So he enlists the local well-known author and uh, writer and poet. And it's this guy's name. Let me give you his name just to give you the reality. His guy's name is Placide Capo, And he tells him, would you write a song that a encompasses and captures the Christmas story of Jesus coming to earth. And so the guy goes, yeah, I'll write this song. I don't do the music part of it, so I'll bring another friend. He'll write the music. I'll write the words. And what happens is this song just took off. in the Catholic church, churches all around France, Europe, it just became a hit because it's so heavy. The lyrics are so good describing this Christmas story. Now, a couple of years go by, and this is what happens. People begin to find out that the guy that wrote the song, right, even though he was enlisted by a Catholic priest, he wasn't even a believer in Jesus. The guy that wrote the lyrics to O Holy Night, and in fact, the person that wrote the music to it did not believe also that Jesus Christ was the son of God. So suddenly the church is like, "No, we don't want that song anymore. Those guys hurt, they're not worthy. It's no good." They try to stop the song, but so many people were moved and touched and blessed and strengthened in their faith, they couldn't stop this song. And I look at this and I just think, God, that's so weird and so random and so messy. This such a powerful song that instilled hope and faith in so many people's lives was written by two people that didn't even believe in Jesus. God, that's weird, but that's the way that God operates sometimes in the messiness, right? Now, listen to this. Fast forward a few years. It's 1906. A guy by the name of uh, Reginald Fessenden, he invents, he's an inventor, he invents a new radio transmitter that allows the human voice to be carried across radio waves. Up until this point, it had never been done before. Up until this point, radio waves were only used between military posts and, and, and signaling ships and stuff was Morse code. That was it. That was all the radio was made for. But on 1906, on Christmas Eve, this guy broadcasts the first human voice Across radio waves, guys were tripping out in their earphones like going, we're used to the beep, 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 and all of a sudden, they hear someone talking. They're like, what? And you know what it was that he said? He actually read Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story that was about here's the message of Jesus coming to earth. And then he busts out his violin, and he begins to play the first song ever recorded on radio waves into his microphone, and it was this song, O oh Holy Night. So the craziness of this song is that it's lasted through all of these generations. It's got such meaning, but it came kind of out in a messy way. Like guy didn't even believe in Jesus. He wrote it. And then like how random that that was the very first song I ever put on the radio. And this is what I I tend to think about this song is that God often operates in the messy and in the random and does incredible things in the midst of that. In fact, the song Oh Holy Night, it starts off, "Oh Holy Night." The reality is on that night, it didn't feel that holy. Mary and Joseph have been told by an angel they're going to have the Son of God. But she's thinking, look, I'm just a young girl. I'm a virgin, and I'm having a kid. I'm not even married. That's kind of messy. People don't really like us. You know, and, and my husband, he's nothing special. My fiance, he's just a normal carpenter from a small town. And we were pregnant, and we had to travel anywhere from 80 to 100 miles on donkey while you're pregnant, Right? to go to the town of Bethlehem. So this doesn't make sense. Any women ever been pregnant in there, tried to ride a donkey? Probably not any in this room, and you wouldn't want to, right? This is like a weird story. And so they—they basically there's no even room for them to stay. I'd be thinking if it was me writing the story, God, this is your kid. You're going to put us up in the Hyatt or the Hilton or somewhere cool. Instead, they get their baby laid in a feeding trough, a manger, in the carport, in the garage, where all the animals are at. And it's filthy, and it's unsanitary, and it's disgusting. But that's how Jesus Christ entered. And when you think about this story, you're going, man, this is, this is random. This is messy. But then there's this, this line in the song that we're talking about, "Oh, Holy Night. And this is the one that I hope you hold on to for the rest of your life when you hear this Christmas carol. It says, a thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. See, in the midst of their weariness, their mess, they're like, like w- the, the Jewish people at the time were under Roman occupation and authority. They were an oppressed people, and there's a young teenage girl in a messy setting, and they're just like, wait, what? What's going on? And yet, in the midst of the weariness and the random messiness, there was a thrill of hope in them because they knew that God was up to something, that good was on the way, that, that, that they had a hope. You know the word hope means a confident expectation. I'm, listen to this. Tomorrow after Christmas services, I'm taking my family up to California. We're going to hit Disneyland. We're going to drive all the way up to the Redwood Forest. We're going to do all this killer family trip. So right now, we're not going to get any sleep all night. We got services. We're packing. We're shopping. We're doing all this like, oh, weariness. But in the midst of that, Disneyland's coming tomorrow, right? (laughs) For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And in the midst of your life. Right now, whatever the weariness, messiness, randomness is, shopping, anybody get into fights shopping this week? Come on, it's, it's gnarly out there, traffic. We got the president of the United States in Hawaii just causing traffic everywhere for us. Like, we get weary. My friend came up to me, he was sick today. I go, hey, what's up? He goes, no, back off. I've been in bed three days, I got the flu, worse than you would imagine. Now there's things in our lives that are just, just sapping the strength and we're weary and our lives are messy. But here's what we want to talk about tonight because Tom's going to come join me on this one as well is that God can bring hope to a messy, random, and weary world if you let him. That's the story of Christmas is, I don't know about you, but I need a thrill of hope every once in a while. And Jesus said, I came to bring that. Listen to this. I'm going to use this text because I was reading this text in Lamentations, the book of J- Lamentations, where Jeremiah the prophet in 586 B.C. was kind of in the same type of circumstances where Mary and Joseph were. He was in a bad way because Jerusalem, the city, God's people, had just fallen. And they were down, and they were hurting, and they're complaining, and they're confused. God, I thought, we're your chosen people. What's going on? The city's just got taken over and and put in captivity. And in the midst of his complaining, you read this book of Lamentations, he's lamenting. But there's a couple verses I want to share with you tonight where the, the, the picture kind of turned and suddenly you see Jeremiah start to infuse this thrill of hope in the midst of his situation. And look at what the verses say right here. It says, can we get it on the big screen right here? Look at this. Jeremiah says, I will never forget this awful time. And he knows it's bad. He's not trying to make light, oh, it's so awesome, Jesus. No, he's like, this is terrible right now. I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Not just once in a while, but each morning. And then he says this. I love this. I say to myself. Anybody ever had to like talk to yourself to to talk yourself into the mood? You know, he's just like, oh, my life is terrible. But I'm going to say this because I believe it. Jeremiah, listen to yourself say this. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him. To those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And this is what I want you guys to catch tonight in this sermon, in this song, in the scriptures, yeah. is that God came so that he could bring a thrill of hope to the mess and the randomness of your life. And we're going to lean on that a little bit. Tom, why don't you share with them?
1: Yeah, I just love this verse. And uh, we're going to see how it relates to actually this awesome song called Oh Holy Night. How many guys love that song, Oh Holy Night? That's Literally one of my favorite all time. And it's a great song. It's written good, good melody. But you know what's good? The content. It's so deep and so rich. And we're going to look at some of the, the lyrics here. And uh, the one lyric is, 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 is here, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You know what that really means is saying, you know what, before Jesus came, the world was a mess. Man, sin and our Choices and us not following God, we messed up. We, we broke things and we were in need of a Savior. And guess what? Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up and our soul felt its worth. I, I want to focus on that. I love that line. How many of you guys have ever, your, uh, your soul felt its worth before? Anybody felt that before? I, I, think, we, I think we feel it in Christmas, you know, when you get a really, really good gift, and you open it up, and you're just like, oh, regift." I don't feel that worthy right now. Thanks a lot. Or you get a gift, and you open it up, and it's, 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 it's an expensive gift, or it's a well-thought-out gift, or they spend a lot of work working on it. It's all the way from, like, I don't know, Nepal or something, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and it makes you feel worthy. Um, how about this? How many guys ever had a surprise birthday party, you know, and, and, and the planning that goes behind the months of planning and then the decorations and, and then the invites and then keeping it a secret and stuff. And then finally the day comes and then you go into the place and they're like, surprise! And you think you did that all for me. I, well, I was actually worth it. That's, that's a time when your soul feels it's worth it. I just had an example of that in my life. I, I just felt worthy because I went to my first parent teacher conference for my twins um, at Waihole Elementary. It's for pre K. And then we went there to meet the teacher. And the teacher sat me down and sat us down and, and was just saying, you know, she's talking about my son. And, and she asked my son, What do you want to be when you grow up? And my son Judah said this I want to be a pastor and a musician. I'm a pastor. And I'm a musician. He wants to be like me. I was like, he's a little mini me. I felt worthy. I was like, yes. You know, and then she showed me a picture of my daughter, Olive, uh, that she drew in class. And it was a picture of all of us. It was me, Grace, Olive, and Judah, and our little, little one, Hazel. And it was just our whole family. And, you know, it just really, really hit me how important family is to her. And really, I took it personal how important I was to her. And can I tell you, my soul felt its worth. And I want to just focus on when he appeared, when Jesus appeared. You know how much work went into that? You know how much work went into the Christmas day when Jesus came? All the prophecies earlier, hundreds of years earlier, that, that God was preparing for it. And then finally, the, the all that work, all the angels, all the, the North Star, and, and all the preparation, and, and telling Mary, and, the, and, and doing all of that, and then God himself choosing to send his precious son down to earth to save us. His, God himself chose to give up his most precious possession, his, his son. And then Jesus, Jesus actually gave up his rights of being God, and they became a little baby. He became a vulnerable little child here on earth to save us. I don't know about you guys. But when I think that he did that for me, that he said, you are worth it, that gives me worth, amen? And that that should give you worth. You know, when I was, when I first became a Christian, I I was eight years old, and I understood it. I knew what I was doing. But at that time, Jesus was my mom's savior because she forced us to come to church, and so I became saved, and literally I was just kind of following along. But then I came to this church when I was in junior high, and I met Carl, and we were surfing buddies, and then I went to my, my very first camp. And actually that picture that Carl showed, that, that was actually at Camp Timberline. Anybody been to Camp Timberline before? That, that is precious to me because that's when I experienced God in such a powerful and personal way. And can I just tell you right now, 30 years later, my life has never been the same. And you know what happened at that camp? Jesus was no longer my parents' savior. Jesus was my savior. Why? Because what, what did Jeremiah write in Lamentations? And I said to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. You know what he's saying? He's saying God is mine. Jesus is mine. He came and gave me worth. Jesus did all that work and said, I am worthy. And I want to give you a, a, an encouragement right now. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is everyone else's Savior here. But at some point, you got to say to yourself, Jesus is my Savior because he gave me worth. He is my inheritance. And then the next line in that song, in O Holy Night, it goes on. I love that, right, what we are just talking about. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope. Anybody have a thrill of hope before? Any caffeine addicts out here, Right? <laughs> right? the thrill of caffeine, right, at 2.30, right, when you're getting tired, it's like, ah, that jolt. Um, and then it says this, uh, the weary will rejoices. And really what what I believe it's saying, it's not waiting for uh, our weariness and our messiness to end and then we rejoice. You have to get this, that the 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 thrill of hope comes in the middle of the weariness, in the middle of the mess, amen, during and in, in while we're in it. And then we get this thrill of hope, you know, I've I don't know if you've been going to this church a while, but if you've heard me preach, I've I've preached this all year about moving into my house. I bought a house last year, but it's a fixer-upper, and there was a lot of work, and oh my goodness, you know, and then in the beginning of the year, you know what happened? Boom, we had a baby, okay? And we had no house. I was living with my in-laws, and they're great and all, but there was all five of us in one bedroom, and when Hazel came along, that room got real small. Super small, and it was, it was tiny, and it was cramped. And I was getting really, really anxious to move into our new house that, in Kanyoe. And every time we, we, we went to the house, and there's so much work, and I would go to the house, and there would be debris in the yard, and there would be our appliances still in boxes, and there would be tools and saws and nails and hammers and dust and debris all over the house, and things need to be painted. And there were a couple times where I just felt overwhelmed. And I sat in my living room, just like... This is never, never, ever going to happen. I was weary. I was sitting in my mess. But you know what? A couple of times when I sat in that mess in my living room in the dust and the debris and the saws, you know what I imagined? A Christmas tree. Just imagined a Christmas tree, a full-blown decorated Christmas tree, all lighted up. I imagined my, my kids' opening presents. I imagined Hazel's first birthday. I mean, first Christmas. You know, uh, me and Grace, you know, exchanging gifts, Christmas music, eggnog. I know there's some people who hate eggnog. Come on. I don't know what, man. i got an amen for that. What's going on? Okay. Can I tell you when in the midst of my mess and in the midst of that debris that I got a thrill of hope? Because good stuff was coming. And I was praying, Lord Jesus, please finish this by Christmas. Please let us move in by Christmas. And can I tell you, it hasn't happened yet. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow? We moved in. We have a Christmas tree. And it's going to happen. It's going it's to be a reality. And here's my point. God is in your mess. You are in a mess right now. We have messy lives. We have random lives. We, have, we, we get weary I want you to sit in that weariness right now and imagine the cross. Envision the cross. You know why? That's the very reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to die for you, to bring salvation, to bring freedom from sin, to break the the bondage of the vices and the things that were holding you down, to bring healing and restoration. And, And the best thing about it all, that you can have a relationship with Jesus himself. I don't know about you guys, because he's my inheritance and he gives me hope. That's what, that's what Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations. I don't know about you guys, but when you sit in your mess and you think about the cross, that should give you a thrill of hope. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah, that's so good. You know, Tom's talking about a couple of things right there. He's talking about worth. That Jesus came so that you feel worthy. That God would come out of heaven to come after you. That you feel like I'm worth it. He loves me. Secondly, that he's talking about that hope that we get in the midst of the weariness, right? It's not like wait till it's done, now you feel okay. It's like in the midst of what's going on. But the third thing that's so powerful that I see in this line here in this song that's so good, it says, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. You know that saying? There's a new day and help is on the way. There's a new day that's gonna be wonderful and glorious and help is on the way. Look at what it said in Lamentations, Jeremiah wrote in verse 26, so it is good to wait quietly for salvation. The word salvation means help, rescue, safety. It's good to wait for help from the Lord because life gets dark and random and messy and confusing and all of this stuff. And there's a time when you and your abilities cannot be enough to help yourself. There's a time when you need someone else to step in and to help you. There's a time when relationships go so crooked and messed up and confusing and betrayal and whatever, and you're just like, I'm done already. I can't even do this. Well, that's where Jesus says, would you let me in? Because I'm here to help you. I came to meet you in that when you can't help yourself. Yeah, your finances, I know. You made it through the holidays, and now you're in debt like crazy, and you don't know what to do. Well, Jesus says, hey, would you look in my word and look at some principles I can teach you? Would you allow me to speak to your mind and to change some, some values and some, some habits that you have that you can find the help that you need necessarily in your life, that God is here to help you? Um, there was a couple years ago, 11 years ago to be exact, I was out surfing at North Beach on the base one day. I was having a good time. I was getting a lot of waves. And in the middle of this one wave, I was just doing a standard cut back. And as I was cutting back, my back something just like it felt like it broke it hurt so bad I just collapsed in the middle of my turn Just collapsed, fell on the side of my board in the water and it was just brutal I just hurt so bad like literally I just held my breath underwater because I couldn't even move my body and waited till I needed air and I just kind of doggy paddled to the surface and I couldn't even get to my board I like kind of swam to my board a little bit I couldn't even get on my board it hurts so bad, I literally just had to let the waves wash my body into the shore, and I'm, like, crawling up, and I'm super shame at this point, because all my friends are out in the water, lifeguards are on the beach, people are watching, and I'm a man, right? And I'm like, hey, I'm not going to go out like this. I'm, like, crawling up, and I'm like, Ugh! like, on the outside, I'm like, it's all good, right? But inside, I'm like, ah, and I get to my board. And I lean on my board, and I just try to play it off, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to, like, not in front of everybody right now. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not weak. So I'm leaning on my board, thinking that it's all good. I'm playing it off good. Hey, what's up, guys? But literally, I look like this. (sighs) Hey, guys. Right? And my friend saw me in the water, my friend Peter Miller. And he goes, dude, Carl needs help. So he paddles in. He goes, hey, you all right? Let me call the, can we call the lifeguard? I'll bring the, like, uh, ATV down. I'll give you. I'm like, no, don't call the lifeguard. I don't want to be on the back of that thing. Like, eh, 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 you know, like, ah, I'm good, guys. That's super embarrassing, right? I'm like, no way. My pride will not let me. I said, so here, just, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I can make it. I can walk it off. And he goes, no, you can't. So they grab my board. And him and a lifeguard just let me kind of lean on their shoulders and I just like hobbled and I was so bummed and so ashamed but I needed help and they walked me all the way up the beach up the hill the parking lot to my car And I got in my car and from then I was all good I went home I went to the doctor doctor's like this is your fault I'm like why is this my fault and he, he goes well what did you do to get into this situation did you do anything with your back recently I said well yesterday my wife got me this really cool massager the shiatsu thing that goes on the back of my chair Oh, it's so good. I sat in it at work for like three hours. And he goes, three hours? He goes, you turned all your muscles to mush, and they couldn't support themselves. You did this. This is your fault. I'm like, wow, thanks a lot. But here's, here's the point I'm trying to get is if my friends wouldn't have helped me and if I wouldn't have accepted the help, I would still be on that beach to this day. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's like 11 years ago, right? We're living on the beach. ah, right? Not the crazy beard and all Robins and Cruz. No, but here's, here's my point is, at some point, Jesus came so that it's good to wait for the salvation of the Lord. He came to give you help in your life, but guess what? You got to let your pride down. You got to let down all of that stuff. I'm in control. I got this. I'm cool. I got to look cool. You got to get to the point where you go, I need some help. And Jesus, I, I get it. It's from you. But if you get there, man, the help will come. Because here's the deal. God doesn't care. He's not embarrassed about you. He's not trying to make you look bad. He's not trying to judge you. He's just trying to meet you in the midst of whatever mess that you're in. I was surfing last week in the west, west side of the island, right? Wai'anae, Nanakuli. So when I'm over there, like I really, I'm super courteous and I watch myself, right? Because that's kind of a nut side of the island. So I'm walking into 7-Eleven. And uh, walking into 7-Eleven, trying to be cool to everybody, I see this little bit gnarly-looking guy coming with, like, tattoos up and everywhere. And I was like, oh, what's up? And he just gives me, oh, what's up? So I'm like, okay, it's all good. And I'm starting to walk in the door, and then the guy stops and turns and looks at me. And he goes, what's up, man? And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, uh, what did I do? What did I do, right? And he goes, oh, what's up, pastor? I was like, hey, whoo! my heart was like beating like oh no yeah yeah i'm a pastor yeah and he's like yeah hey i like your church i'm like awesome yeah you like my church cool and we're walking into 7-eleven i go you've been coming for a while he goes oh no i used to go but i'm kind of in some kind of in a mess i broke up with my girlfriend um kind of went back to some addictions and he kind of looked like he was maybe struggling with those addictions right there right in the middle of 7-eleven and i was like oh man well come back to church anytime he goes yeah yeah and he's, he's like, we're having this conversation across the candy aisle in 7-Eleven. He's like, so what time is your church again? Friday nights, right? I'm like, yeah, seven, okay, okay, okay. Then he, I'm going to buy my stuff. He's walking out the door. He's like a little ways away. Then he just turns and yells this in front of all the people. Hey, pastor! I was like, oh, yeah? He goes, what? I can come high. I was like, to church? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, bro, come as you are, of course. <laughs> and he goes, "Shoots, I see you at church." I'm like, "Woo, yeah!" But here's the deal. This is what's, <laughs> this is what's so cool about that—that that he would even ask in the midst of that. The fact that he goes, "My life is a wreck right now, and I'm in a mess," but he's asking, "Hey, could I come and get some help over there? See if you can get yourself to humble yourself to the point where you realize that Jesus came." to make you feel worthy, to give you a thrill of hope, and to give you the help that you cannot give yourself, boom, that's the story of Christmas. And that can be your story. You just have to accept it. Is that a good word? Well, I want us to do something different, different. This is cool. This is a Christmas Eve service. I'm going to ask all of you guys to stand right now. That's everybody in the room. Just you would stand. And I want you to do something. Not that hard. Close your eyes. I want Sabrina to come, and I want her to sing for us the words to O Holy Night. And this is what I want you to do. Don't sing along right now. I want you to close your eyes and listen to those words that talk about Jesus bringing worth and bringing hope and bringing help to your life. Would you sing it for us?
2: Holy night, the stars are brightly shining, it is And his gospel is peace.
0: Why don't you guys have a seat? I'd like to pray really quick. If you would just bow your heads with me. We're almost done. God, we we come to you tonight, Lord, and we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. It's not some faraway weird religion, but actual God becoming man and reaching out to us in the midst of our messy and random and weary lives. Lord, we're so appreciative of that. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that many of us in the room that remember the day that we actually met you and allowed you to be our God and we surrendered to you and began to follow you and your plans. Lord, what a great day that is for us and, and it's changed our lives significantly. You're there to give us worth and to give us hope and to give us help, not just then when we first met you, but every single day. That's so good. We need that so much. So Lord, we just tell you thank you for that tonight. But, Lord, some of us, honestly, in here tonight, maybe we're, we're not just not at that place yet. Maybe um, maybe we once knew you. We kind of wandered off on our own. Maybe some of us never really got it before, never really thought it was that important or that real, that you're just a real God that wants to interact in our lives and help us and speak to us and, and bring forgiveness and healing. Lord, some of us are, are just in that spot tonight where we we don't really know you in that personal way, but maybe we'd like to. And I'm just gonna offer up a chance in a prayer for you to come into relationship with God. It's not a big, weird, long, crazy, ritualistic thing. It's literally just talking to him and saying, God, I choose you. That's how you start any relationship, is say, I choose you. I wanna be in relationship with you. And I wanna lead you in that prayer tonight. If maybe you came here tonight, like I said, first time looking for something, looking for hope, help, and worth. And Jesus has got that for you right now and forever. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you were once close with him a while ago and then circumstances hit you in your life and it got messy and you kind of found your way out of church and out of relationship with God, but you're, you're at a point right now where you know you want to come back. Either way, I want to lead you in a prayer right now where you can just know for sure that, that you're back in relationship with God. So here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to say a prayer in a minute here. Everybody's got their eyes closed and heads bowed. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. I'll pray the words out loud. I want you to pray them under your breath in your heart to God. Because really, God sees your heart. He judges us on our heart. After service, you can go and tell someone that you prayed that. But for right now, let's cut right to the heart and just let them know how you feel about them. So I'm going to pray a prayer with you out loud. It's going to ask you to pray along with me in your heart to God. And he'll begin the new work. It's up to him. It's going to be good. I want you to let me know that you're going to be praying with me. I just want to know who I have the privilege of praying with, the honor of leading back into relationship with God here tonight. So before we pray together here in a minute, I'm just going to ask you to do one thing. When I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand up if you want to say this prayer with me right now. Everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. It's not like an embarrassing thing. This is actually one of the greatest things you'll ever do. But I just want to know who I'm praying with. So on the count of three, if you could just lift your hand. And if you're in the courtyard in the overflow, there's pastors out there that can acknowledge you as well. So on the count of three, if you want to pray that with me, lift your hand. One, two, three. Real simple. Lift a hand. Good. I see a hand right here. I see another one over there. Two, three, four, five. Looking around. Anybody else? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Looking around. Anybody else? I didn't see you. Hard to see everybody. There's over ten people here tonight. But go ahead and put your hand down right now. 11, 12, seeing a couple more over here. It's good. God tell you that's really what matters here tonight. I want you just to make this the prayer of your heart right now. God, I'm here tonight, and I realize that I need you in my life. I realize that there's there's help that you have available for me that is beyond the help that I can do for myself, so I want that. And Lord, I, I admit that I've been living life my own way, and I want to live for your plans and for for your ways because I believe it's better than mine. God, whether I'm a religious person or not, it doesn't matter. This is a newfound relationship with you as my father, as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. So, God, I'm telling you right now that I believe you sent your son Jesus down to this earth as a baby in the manger to grow up, to teach us how to have relationship with you, to go to the cross, to pay the price for our sin and separation from you. So, Lord, I believe that Jesus took the hit so I don't have to. So, Lord, right now I'm telling you from here on out, I'm going to follow you. As I go to church, as I read the Bible to learn more about you, as I just talk to you in prayer and you begin to direct my heart and my thoughts and and control my circumstances to bless me. Lord, as I receive the power of your Holy Spirit to change me from the inside out, as I get water baptized as a symbol of dying to my old self and being born a new creation. God, everything that you have for me from the bottom of my heart right now, my answer is yes, Yes, Jesus, have your way in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me in my mess and giving me a thrill of hope for a better tomorrow. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. That's the best thing you could ever do. How cool is that that some of you... Just met Jesus for the first time on Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is going to be the best Christmas you've ever had yet because now you know the King of Kings. How good is that? So good.